Welcome to Be Convinced, a show about sharing life-changing stories of hope. I'm your host, Soraya Diazzi-Kofeld. I'm an Ivy League-educated lawyer, former judge, small business owner, children's author, and above all, mother, who is passionate about helping to improve lives and convincing you that there is indeed hope for a better future for ourselves and our children. This is episode number five. On my show today, we will be talking about a program called Brothers in Discipleship, or BID, that was started at First Baptist Church of Glenarden, which is in the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is a unique program that impacts the daily lives of men, helping them to become better fathers, husbands, church members, and community contributors. The basic tenet is that a man cannot know himself and grow himself by himself. I will have two parts to the show. The first part is with a facilitator or leader of BIT, Michael Hamer, and the second part with a member, Kevin Harding, so that we can get both perspectives. Stay tuned. I always like to start off my shows with a quote. And since we're going to be talking about biblical principles today, specifically about brothers in discipleship and small men's group at a particular church. I would like to have as a quote, 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, which says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Today I have as my special guest, Mr. Michael P. Hamer. Welcome, Michael. Welcome, Zariah. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm honored to discuss uh, men's small groups. Yes. And as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about Brothers in Discipleships or BID. Mm-hmm. And you have been very involved with it since the beginning. So tell us before we get into BID itself, tell us about your background. Okay. My background to be a leader in BID is... First of all, of course, I'm, I'm a Christian. Second of all, I was, I was appointed to leave because of my outside activities other than going to church on Sunday. I was involved in a couple of ministries as a church, one epistles ministry where I wrote letters to people for encouragement. And I was involved in a ministry called Life Builders. And then I was also at Bible study all the time. So as a matter of fact, my daughter used to say I used to go to church more than anybody she knew. So according to the verse you read, that entrust these things to reliable men who will be able to teach others also, the church leadership thought that I would be a reliable man to join BID and then later to be a lead facilitator. And I think I've heard you say before that there are those who are churchgoers and those who are Christ followers. So which category do you fall in? Well, according to the head of our men's ministry, I am a Christ follower. So he pointed that out to me as opposed to a churchgoer. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. (laughs) So I, I love the concept of BID. Again, it's Brothers in Discipleship, because I think that churches need to reach out to men. And many of you know that I'm a former judge. I was a judge sitting on the then territorial court of the U.S. Virgin Islands, which was a general jurisdiction court. We handled many, many different type of cases from traffic tickets to first degree murder trials, from small claims to multi-million dollar civil cases, probate, domestic violence, So we, as general jurisdiction judges, really 
had a wide variety of cases come before us. Over the years, that has changed because judges are overwhelmed with work. So they've established magistrate court and other ways to resolve cases, mediation, of course, which is uh, used very, very successfully. But I saw when I was in the family division for a period of two and a half years, I served as a family division judge. I saw how men were having a lot of issues within the families, dealing with their spouses, dealing with their children, and especially their male children. And I had many, many domestic violence cases. I saw uh, I was a judge who had to resolve those type of disputes. So I really saw men being challenged a lot going through the criminal justice system. And again, I see BID as helping men with families, of course, with their marriage, with their children, and in their communities, and of course, in their churches. But tell us, let's back up a little bit. What exactly is BID? Well, BID is a men's small group. Of course, it stands for Brothers and Discipleship. And it's, it's a small group that at the church I belong to involves eight to 12 men making a three-year commitment to be part of this discipleship journey. A discipleship journey is one where one looks to become more like Christ in character and actions, as opposed to just being a believer or a church attender, but one who wants to have an impact and go through the world living righteously and as holy as possible. We call it 10X, a 10X life based upon um, the scripture, Daniel one twenty, where Nebuchadnezzar observed the men, Daniel and the three Hebrew boys and said about them, these men are 10 times better men than the other men around him. They're better spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, relationship wise, they're better with money and they're better mentally as well. And so one of the things uh, when you talked about the, all the uh, the cases you saw in different cases is men don't often talk it out. They often act it out. And so a lot of what you said could could be related and probably is related to men acting out their fears and frustrations and, and insecurities as they go through life. And the other thing is we, we emphasize is you can't heal what you hide, that you have if you're struggling and fearful or you want to do something that's nefarious or dangerous, then you have to uh, reveal it to, to get it right. How long have you been attending the church that has been? I've been a member there for 17 years since 2003. It's the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden is located in the Washington, D.C. metro area. I've been there for 17 years and have been part of BID 14 years. So three years a member and then 11 years as a facilitator. What do you mean as a facilitator? What do you do? Well, as a facilitator, it, it actually involves a lot of teaching. So we use two books or two instruction books, one called Training Faithful Men and the other called Master Life. So I had to take classes and uh, still do in order to be qualified to uh, be a facilitator. But I teach the men uh, how to be faithful men through the book Training Faithful Men. And the Master Life is is about surrendering all areas of your life to Christ and living a, a righteous and holy life, living above the norm, a 10x life. So we call it Master Life. So I go through the uh, Master Life book series uh, with the men, as well as lead them on outreach activities and fellowship activities among each other. 
Tell us, how often does the group meet? So the group meets every Monday, and we're really uh, consistent about meeting every Monday evening from 7 to 9, except we don't meet in uh, August, and we don't meet during the Christmas holiday. And what are the men required to do, the ones who are actually participants in the class? Well, the men who are participants in the class, first, they have to be interviewed because uh, as the, verse, the opening of verse said, we have to find out there that they are reliable men, that they are faithful men, and that they have a heart for doing things God's way. Because this is a serious three-year commitment. And what they're required to do is memorize scripture, obviously go through the workbooks, training faithful men in master life, and do five outreach activities in the community each year. So outreach activities are working at a homeless shelter, working at a nursing home, delivering food. One of the things we do is we adopt a family and we stay with that family for three years and deliver food to them uh, once a month. We uh, go to a homeless shelter. It actually, unfortunately, is a pretty large homeless shelter in D.C., D.C. area called Central Union Mission, where we go and do work. So we do, uh, in addition to adopting a family, we do the five outreaches a year. Tell us more about the men who participate. Do they have to be Christians? Yes. Yeah, they have to be Christians. The way our church is structured is not only do they have to be Christians, they have to be mature, reliable Christians. So, But the church's structure is that we interview them for a bit, and if they don't fit that, that definition as we see it, we have a group called Men Connecting with Christ that we suggest they take part of, which each meets every Monday, but uh, they don't, it's not as strict of attendance there. It's no workbook there. Uh, it's just men uh, understanding who Christ is and why he died for us. And then we have another group we can turn them to. It's called Samson Dilemma. And then we have another group even for men over 55 called Halftime. So this bid is not for someone who is not a Christian or for a baby Christian. Yes, yes, not for that. I mean, you look at the example Jesus said, he found 12 faithful men and worked with 12 men to accomplish much. He actually changed the world through these 12 men. So BID is based upon that model. One of the things we hope men do is, is Jesus had the group of 12, but he also had uh, Peter, uh, James, and John, who he, he, he held close. And as he was struggling to do the will of God, he called on those three men to assist him. If you read the story in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked them to come up with him. So, and surely we're not more spiritual than Jesus. So we're going to need other men to accomplish God's will and, and do things according to his word. What type of tools do you use in the classes? You had mentioned some mm-hmm. books. We do a lot of uh, YouTube videos because there's a lot of good information on YouTube. Uh, for instance, we'll use a video from our own pastor who, where he, he may be discussing um, money management or who to marry. Or we may use a video from Tony Evans or we may use a video from Joyce Myers to play the classes two hour long. So the first 30 minutes of it may be a video. We use a lot of testimonials from outside sources. You know, if somebody is struggling with a certain issue, we may bring an expert in the class just to talk about that issue. And we've dealt in my 14 years there, I've dealt with everything from homosexuality and incest and adultery to just I'm having trouble on my job or or trouble with uh, being a good employer. So we will call on experts to speak to the group. And let's backtrack a little bit. Why were these big classes first established? 
So they were they were established because men were dying in our church and we couldn't find six Christian friends to be pallbearers. It's a, it was a rather large church, even at that time. So to find six Christian men, not be able to find six Christian men, we, we felt was a little disgraceful. And, and the thinking was, well, these, this person, this, this man, his brother has passed on and he's, we can't find six people to help him in death who was helping him in life. So we decided, well, we need to men need assistance along the way because a man can't know himself or grow himself by himself. And we all need somebody who we can talk things out with, who uh, can help us through our frustrations and fears. And how successful has it been? Been very successful is, you know, it's been around for 30 years and we graduate probably on average 60 men every year. So, you know, you can do the numbers. That's quite an impact. And then we also, uh, after they serve, well, after they finish the bid process, they're required to join a ministry and serve. And, and uh, in the last 10 years, all the deacons, all the people who become deacons and ministers of the church, all the men have gone through the bid process. So it's a very important step to attaining a higher position in the church. Yes, a, a leadership position in the church. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. yeah. You have to go through bid. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if you're a man there and yes. you want to have a leadership position, you need to go through bid. <laughs> yes. So you mentioned your group. About how many groups do they have going simultaneously? We probably have about 10 to maybe 11 groups. When you join bid, you have an option of being part of a Monday night group or a Saturday morning group. So we probably have about seven Monday night groups and maybe three or four Saturday groups. So, and each group is anywhere from eight to 12 men, mm-hmm. not including uh, facilitators because yes. <laughs> there's co-facilitators in training now. <laughs> yes. Are there any, any requirements for the men before, in your, your case, it's a Monday night class, before the class, any preparations they're required to do? Yes, they're required to get a uh, signed document from their wife, letting them know that this is what they're going to be doing and the purpose for them doing it. So that signed document has helped uh, in many situations, although some of the men would probably admit it's probably hurt them because the wife can come up to us. And yeah, and it's ha- happened several times. We're saying my husband is not getting better. He's still mistreating me. He's still unloving me. Uh, even though he's in bed, I thought you were supposed to be helping him. Obviously, they're required to be doing more than just us on Sunday service. But then the uh, signed document from the spouse as well, we require them to do a signed document in terms of uh, keeping up with the academic side of the work and the attendance part of the class. So when you refer to the academic side of work, what what does that entail? Well, the Training Faithful Men and Master Life are work study books. So they're not really, you know, uh, books, traditional books in a sense, they're work study books. So there's assignments in the books. Mm-hmm. And so there's weekly assignments in Training Faithful Men and there's daily assignments five days a week in the uh, Marriage Life book. Mm-hmm. So they have to complete those. Yes. <laughs> Are they required to memorize any type of biblical verses? Yes. Yes. They have to memorize uh, one scripture every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so at the end of three years, that's a lot of scripture, but they're required to memorize. And we test them. We have a uh, midterms and we have finals and we have grades and we have attendance records that we send that information up to our uh, senior pastor as to what grades the men are receiving, what's their attendance like. One of the things they can not do is you can't miss three classes in three years. 
You just cannot miss three classes. And you can, you can, can there be an excused absence though? Well, you get three excused absence due to uh, health, work, or family issues. Other than that, if you have health issues that require you to meet three years, uh, miss more than three classes in three years, you need to seek help. Or you have a family issue that requires you to miss classes, then you need to focus on that family issue. So that's why we keep that attendance. And we monitor it very strictly. As I said, we send a report up to the pastor. And at a graduation, you know, one of the things we, you do at a graduation, you announce the person's name. And we often say, you know, here's John Smith, perfect attendance. Here's, uh, you know, here's William Smith, perfect attendance. So we, we highlight the people who had perfect attendance over those three years. You mentioned briefly that wives have come up to you and complain that their husbands haven't changed and uh, they're still going through difficult challenges at home. What do you do or what do you say to a wife who tells you that? Well, we have a standard response that we, we do to the wife. Well, the response to the wife is, we'll, we'll understand, you know, we understand what you're saying. We never dismiss that person. And often the person wants them to kick them out of bed or have them wondering what's going on in bed and maybe they should leave. We just say, well, we're going to leave that up to him. But we never ask a person to leave because that's probably the one safe place he has to process his difficulties with his wife. So we have specific teachings on marriage and making your wife a more radiant person and being a loving husband. In addition to that, we have uh, outside counseling that we could provide for him individually and for them as a couple. But the last thing we want to do is place that brother out of uh, bed because that may be the one safe place where he receives our love and, and is really hurt. So when you get together on Monday nights, it's not a gossip session or a men's group watching sports, is it? <laughs> Well, some of that goes on. Keep in mind it's a three-year year. And one of the goals is to develop friendships, is to, like I said, you look at Jesus, he had three close friends out of the group of 12. So we like the men to leave with two or three really close friends. And so we do uh, activities, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go out to lunch or dinner, we'll watch games together. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that. Often we don't do that on Monday night, but we will pick an evening out and do what we call a fellowship activity so the men can develop friendships among each other. In terms of gossip, what happens in said and bid stays in bid. Okay, that's what I wanted to lead up to. How important is confidentiality? Well, confidentiality is of the utmost important. So there is actually zero tolerance for uh, a, a breaking of confidence. So if I hear or anybody in the church leadership hears of something specific that's happening in a big class, then that person is automatically put out. There is no chance. There is no second chance. There is no excuse. You're out because it, it has to be confident. And I, I'm I'm happy to say in my 14 years, I've only heard of two and three incidents uh, where the confidence was broken and something information got out and circulated in the, in the church. So obviously there was a big upheaval about it and um, action was taken. So it's zero tolerance for confidentiality, zero confidence. Are they required to sign any type of a document stating that? Yeah, as I stated earlier, that's one of the things in the document they sign. So they sign a document that what happens in there stays in there, and they're not to share that information or specifics. You can talk in general about what's going on in the class, but no specific information or no 
pointing out a person and, and naming them and saying what's going on with them, even as I communicate with upper leadership. You had mentioned that there may be between eight to what, 12 men? Correct. In, yeah. in a class. Have there ever been instances where a man has to be put out for any reason? And, and what would cause that? And this is, does not include a spouse complaining about the husband. Yeah, there have been several instances where people have been put out, A, because of uh, attendance. I mean, attendance is what it is. You know, we're calling men to live, live a, a 10x life, a higher life. So well, I've done it myself for attendance. And the other thing is for failing the quizzes and exams. You can't go through the process not grasping a full understanding of the concepts and biblical principles that we're teaching you. And so there's there's formal exams we have. And if you're failing behind in those, you have to pass every one. So there's there's no, I'll pass one and then, you know, I just, I'll fail the other one. You have to pass every one or the whole class stays back and retakes the whole lesson because we're all supposed to be responsible for each other. So if we get to a midterm and somebody fails a midterm, we go right back to the beginning with the whole class and we start. And if they fail again, then we have to put them out. We're talking today with Michael P. Hamer, who's a member of BID, B-I-D, Brothers in Discipleship, at his church, First Baptist of Glen Arden in the D.C. metro area. And Michael, thank you so much for being with us today. For those who have tuned in, we've been talking about this men's small group and how influential it has been on the lives of many, many men attending this church. And of course, when men grow in the faith and they change, they affect their families, they affect their workplace, they affect their communities, and and importantly, they affect their church. So it's a wonderful program that I'm so pleased to be talking about with you today. Would you please tell us more about the scripture upon which bid is based, Daniel 120. Yes, that scripture has developed the principle of what we call a 10x man. A 10x man is one who, who does well, 10 times is better than other men's in specific areas. And we use an acronym called sperm because men produce sperm. So we often say you need to increase your sperm count. And the S stands for spiritual. Are you living your life according to the script? Or are you living your life according to a script you have, or are you living your life to, according to a scripture? P stands for physical, which God tells us to take care of our temple. And things like sex sin or uh, violate our sins against our own body. The E stands for emotional. <laughs> emotional, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right, uh-huh. right. Are you uh, mostly taking care of yourself? Do you surrender all areas of your life to Christ? Is your life and your behavior led by your emotions, which is actually be the caboose? and not the engine. And then the R stands for relationships. Are you loving your wife unconditionally as Christ called? Are you loving your enemies? A 10 times better man loves his wife like Jesus loved his church. He also loves his enemies the way Jesus talks about. So relationships, how are you with your relationships, not only at home, but relationships with people at work? M stands for mentality. Are you capturing thoughts? Are you being wise? Are you studying yourself to be approved? And M, M stands for money. Money, are you a a cheerful giver? Are you a consistent tither and offerer? Those kind of things. And and if you're not, let's let's help you to be 10X. You know, a man may be 1X in certain areas, and we're working with them to be 10X. And that's based on Daniel 120. As Nebuchadnezzar observed, Daniel 
many of you may know about the Daniel diet that he ate and how he was thrown in the lion's den. So his his faith and his commitment to his own body and and to his own emotions and, and mental and how productive he was with the resources that King Nebuchadnezzar gave him, you know, shows how he was able to manage money. He was 10 times, as Nebuchadnezzar said, better than other men. If someone is listening and would like to find out more about BID, where would you direct them to? There's two ways. You can email me at mhamer at sellinggodsway.org. That's mhamer at sellinggods.org. Or you can go to their website, firstbaptistglenarden.org, and uh, look under ministries and men's ministry and click the bid link and for more information. So, what are the names of the two books that you use in class? Training Faithful Men and uh, Master Life. What would you like to leave the listening audience with? What is the most important concept you believe for brothers in discipleship or bid? It's that a man can't know himself and grow himself by himself. You can't be the best father you can be or the best worker or business person you can be by yourself. And the best way to do anything is based upon God's word according to God's will. But you can't do that by yourself. And so this men's small group is very effective. If you look at I mean, the utmost and most effective small group in all the world was the one Jesus led. He had 12 men and he was teaching them, helping them. One eventually portrayed him, but the others you know, went on to change the world, affect the lives of billions. This is Soraya Diasi-Kofelt, and I'm here with my guest, Michael P. Hamer, talking about Brothers in Discipleship, which is a men's small group at his church, First Baptist Church of Glenarden in the Washington, D.C. metro area. One quick question, Michael, before we end the show. Why three years? That sounds like an awful long time for men to be in a class. Well, three years because Jesus' ministry was for three years. Again, we try to model a lot lot of what Jesus Christ did. So he picked these three men and he was with them for three years. And the other reason for three years, it just takes three years for men to open up. We're taught to uh, hide our things that we, uh, when we're hurt, we're taught to not talk about it things that things that happen from a a young boy. If you fall and you scrape your knee, you're told, don't say anything, suck it up and go about. But in fact, you're hurting. You need to help you process it. Things happen to you you in life. You're told as a man, oh, don't let anybody know. You know, know, the last thing you want to do is show shame, you know, make people feel like you're not enough. But in fact, we let people know we do stumble, but we get up. So those are those are important things. Yes. Again, this is Soraya Diasi Kofelt, and my guest today has been Michael P. Hamer, who is a facilitator in Brothers with Discipleship or Brothers in Discipleship at his church. So thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for joining me on the show, Be Convinced, as we share life-changing stories of hope. As you wake up each morning, consider the impactful words of American poet Maya Angelou. This is a wonderful day. I have never seen this one before. My passion has always been to spread the love of books and promote the importance of literacy in a child's life. My passion inspired me to write a series of five faith-based children's books about our favorite holidays from a Christian's perspective, Easter, Fourth of July, Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. My books are filled with colorful illustrations and lots of humor because children love to laugh. 
All proceeds from book sales go to the nonprofit foundation as the Stars of the Sky Foundation to help promote literacy. To purchase my books, please visit asastarsofthesky.org or your favorite online bookseller. Thank you.